I do. Um, one thing I do want you to say is that Jesus never changes. He's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Hebrews 13, verse 8. So today we're going to carry on with the sermon and the series on promises. Uh, I don't know if you know that there's more than 3,000 promises in the Bible. And if you start digging deep, you start realizing that every other scripture, there's a promise. And maybe the key to figure out is how to activate that prob- the promise. So here's a man, a quick story here. Here's a man who once said, um, I've just come from a place where there's 150,000 people who have no problems at all. His friend said to him, oh, where? Take me there. He says, at the cemetery. <laughs> uh, so do you know that life is going to give us problems? Do you know we're going to have challenges? We're going to have trials? But it's, it's the way we respond that determines our outcome. Right? So this morning, we're going to talk a bit about problems. But to base the, the story on, on a love story. And I've never seen this as a love story. And we'll go through it step by step. And we're going to see how God works in the Old Testament. In Leviticus 26, 12, it says, And I'll walk among you and will be your God, and you shall be my people. I'll be your God. Regardless of what's happening, I'll be your God, and you'll be my people. When our Heavenly Father says that you'll be my people, there's a promise there already that he's got your back. He's going to work through it. Can, can we just pray quickly? Yeah. Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you that today the hearts are open, that we come expectant, that you loose my tongue, that, you, that I'm able to speak the truth, the gospel, and Father God, that your spirit will take over. We thank you for your presence, Lord. Amen. Excellent. So, just a quick background on where I've come from and what I've done in life. Um, a lot happened. Uh, I would say maybe it was a disruptive upbringing. And for many years, I would ask God, why? Why? And through, through all the years of going to church, going to youth, going to home group, I figured out one thing through sermons and that, that your mess becomes your message and your test becomes your testimony. Right. You've probably heard me say that over and over. If you're part of a home group or been around, it's my mantra. Your mess becomes your message and your test becomes your testimony. So, so at stages in our life, we want to blame God and say, God, why? Why me? Why does this happen to me? But we need to take a step back and figure out why this is happening. Right. God's a God who loves us. And this love story we want to talk about today is all about that. Um, for about 19 and a half years, I worked for an ATM company. And we used to repair ATMs. Uh, we used to, I became a, a trainer, became a national sports specialist, and so on. Then I moved to a different industry. It was a medical diagnostic precision industry. So coming from an industry where it was really gears and nuts and bolts and uh, really rough, coming to an industry where I dealt with professors, PhD students, PhD doctors, and working on these, on these instruments that are really precise. 
How many know that there's a mind shift that needs to happen, going from the one to the next? Right? So in point one today, we have to move for God to move. There's, there's a big focus on the way we stand, on what we believe. And where we move, there's a, 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 like a physical transaction that happens into, into something that God can move. And you'll see that in Exodus, uh, Moses instructs the Israelites regarding the Passover, eat with your shoes on your feet and uh, your walking stick in your hand. You must eat in a hurry. It is the time of the Lord. It's the time of the Lord will pass over. So, so here we have the Israelites waiting to leave. They've been told about the promised land. They've been in captivity. And Moses says, eat with your shoes on. Stick in your hand. Like, get ready, guys. Moses anticipated Pharaoh's heart changing. So something, something was about to happen. And he's preparing the three million Israelites to get ready and go. Get ready and go. Sometimes we just have to get ready for, for what God's doing. But, but just to take a step back, while I was reading through this and going through how God responds, I realized it's a love story. It wasn't a God of, with, with a rod, like really pushing the Israelites into the wilderness. He did it in total love because he said, you are my people. And if you analyze Exodus, the first half of Exodus is all about um, preparing the Israelites to leave, their, their survival, their, their new beginnings. And the second half, to me, is the most important. It's the love story. It's I want to form a relationship with you. That relationship, I want to be in your midst. You'll see that when there was a cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night, he was in the cloud. Can you imagine a God that, that's he's in the cloud? He's like, I want to be close to my people. I want to be close as I can. We are blessed now to have the Holy Spirit with us, which is God's presence. But in those days, it's a little bit different. So if you go a little bit back, um, Joseph, do you guys remember Joseph? He lands up um, as governor of Egypt. Egypt's run so well, the Israelites start flocking there. It's such a good place. And the Pharaoh of Egypt eventually turns his heart. He says, I will enslave you. I want you guys to come work for me for nothing. I'm going to oppress you. And this is where God says, no, I want to change the situation. Because you're my people, I want to change that around. So this, this carries on. And God, God refers to his people as my firstborn. So there's a love there. Today we want to find out what, what, what was it that took the Israelites 40 years to change? What was it that, that caused them to walk around and around for 40 years? There's a lot in it. And it, maybe, maybe you and I say, that's a long time. Maybe for God it wasn't. 40 years he was in the desert. He was with them. The why. Why did God allow this to happen? In Exodus 13, after the king had finally let the people go, the Lord did not lead them through the Philistine territory. 
though that was the shortest way, God had said, if they are attacked, they may decide to return to Egypt. He anticipated that their hearts weren't ready for the promise, that they had not really engaged in a way of God saying, now you're ready to see the way I love you. Let's just say that there's a whole chunk of Egypt inside of the Israelites that had to come out first. Yeah. Right. Do, do, we, do we know that as long as we live, there's a memory bank, that there's a, a timeline, we may be not a timeline, but an event line in our lives where we always reflect back to a time when this happened or that happened. And those thoughts and those negative, it could be negative, could just hold us back from something to go forwards. He says, I want you to take Egypt out of your thought pattern. There's a recurring pattern that you maybe uh, visit every day or every night. Or every time something happens, there's a knee-jerk reaction that comes out of you spontaneously. God says, no, I need you to get rid of that. And to get rid of it is not to say it's going to be um, taken out of your memory. To get rid of it is to say, God, you are big enough for me. I can trust in the process. But if you don't trust him in the process, you can't trust him in the promised land. Yeah. Right? So, the love story carries on with the Egyptians chasing them, the Red Sea parting over, and the running through, or the walking through. And the Red Sea is a symbolism of water baptism. So we can take that as, as you can. But point two, Trust him in the move even when you don't understand. You don't have to understand. You don't have to know what tomorrow is going to bring. I remember, I think Daryl's father once said to, to me, and I've heard it before, you, you know, when you drive from here to Wellington at night, your headlights only go this far. You don't have a beam all the way to Wellington from here. There's, there's chunks. Trust me in the process. Trust me as I move. Move with me. Move with me. It's going to, it's going to come, when you're looking back, when you look back at all the events, you can see that God's been in it, but you have to move with me. So we have to trust that God is in the process. If we don't, it's going to be hard. But if we don't, we're going to want to build an, an, a calf, a, an idle calf. We want to worship from a point of view where we knew It's hard. It's not easy. But it's not impossible. Right? Numbers 11. The Israelites stood around their tents complaining. Moses heard them and was upset that they had made the Lord angry. He prayed, I'm your servant, Lord. So why are you doing this to me? Just a second. To me. <laughs> Have you prayed that prayer? Why is this happening to me? Right? What have I done to deserve this? You've made me responsible for all these people, but they are not my children. Right? You told me to nurse them along, to carry them to the land you promised their ancestors. They keep whining for meat, but where can I get meat for them? 
this job is too much for me. I just want us to focus on the me. Because we all prayed a prayer like this. I prayed often, why me? How can I take care of all these people by myself if this is the way you are going to treat me? Just kill me now and end my miserable life. Is that, a, is that an honest prayer? Was Moses honest with his God? Uh, can we be honest in our hurt, in our, in our challenges? It's really a, 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 we think from, from this point of view, oh Moses, come on. We saw the end. We know how, the, how it ended. We, we saw the end of Rocky. You know the movie where, where he starts training and in the fight, he, we don't know, he doesn't know. But the end of Rocky, guess what? He beats the opponent. I don't know which Rocky you're thinking of, but there's quite a few of those, right? <laughs> so, so, the amazing thing with a movie like Rocky is always a theme song. And I love the theme song. Because you know when the theme song, song starts playing in the background, there's the champion. He starts exercising his, his movement. He starts doing his um, running up and down those famous stairs. Right? There's a bit of eye on the tiger. I've been through so much, and I remember the, that particular sermon where the theme song was playing in the background. And it was just enough for me to know that in a movie, we know the beginning from the end. God knows the beginning from the end, guys. He knows it. But we don't. We, we, we struggle and we say, why is this happening to me? <laughs> this love story is all about God wanting to reunite with, with his people. It's a love story about, I want to be in your presence. The, the cloud by day that protected them, the fire at night to keep them warm. And, and it was amazing because they had to follow the cloud. They had to follow the cloud around the mountain. They had to follow the cloud over and over and over. And he knows that every time you follow, you go around the mountain, you're not ready yet, but I love you. I'll give you manna. Your shoes won't wear out. There's a process. Is Egypt coming out of us? Is there something in us today that we want to say, I want to leave it behind. I want to forget about it. It's not what I like anymore. I feel, I feel I can't post it on Instagram. I can't post this on my Facebook profile. I'm going to put it in the shadows. We're not going to talk about that. Come on, there's something in us that we don't like. And God highlights that. Um, I know when you go to church sometimes uh, and you just walk past someone like, those feelings, all those things at a shopping center where you meet someone, like, ooh, oh no, just... God says no. Do you feel that? Do you feel that? Work with it. Move into it. Move with it. Because God's going to make it work. Um, Moses. Moses was a, an amazing person. He's an angry guy. He had anger issues. He had his own issues. And uh, so, so first... First he was a prince, then he kills, and he thinks, this is it, my life's over, I'm running away to the desert. All right? I mean, who's killed someone today? Don't put your hand up. I don't, I, don't, I don't want you to make your partner or someone next to you feel uncomfortable, but come talk to me afterwards. <laughs> but, so he kills and he runs, 
God says, no, I'm going to use this. I'm going to meet him in the desert. I'm going to pitch up in a burning bush. I'm going to talk to him. I'm going to school him. I'm going to take him to a new way of thinking. You know, the Israelites, they, they lived in a land where they worshipped idols. They were part of what the Egyptians did. They were building idols, sphinx and, and all these things. And it was all about gods and things that they can see. God said, I want to show you the real God. I want to show you the God that loves you. I want to show you the God that actually, guess what? You can't see him. You won't be able to see me because of my glory is just too much. But I'll be around you. I want to be as close as I can. How about a, how about a, a, a cloud? This will be close enough. I want to get close to you. I want to be part of what you are doing every day. Moses strikes a rock in anger. He goes to, the, to Mount Sinai, spends days or how long there, brings back the tablets. Oh, talk about anger. God's just given you the Ten Commandments. It's going to change humanity. If you guys live according to this, you're going to be in a better place. I'm ring-fencing all your, your issues you have and all the way you guys sin and miss the point. I'm ring-fencing it to Ten Commandments. If you can follow these, you're going to be a bit better. Moses smashes it down. Every time we see that there's an outburst of anger, it wasn't God. It was Moses. Flesh. The flesh, not God. We think of Egypt as God chased his, his people out of Egypt to, to the promised land. It wasn't like that. He was loving them. I said, bring, come. I want to rescue you. I want to take you, change your mindset. You used to, to see idols. You, you know there's things that you have in your life. You, you are the chariots and the horses that you so depend on. But I want to be the unseen. But I want you to trust me. Because there is a there's manner, there's there's a presence I want you to feel. Yeah. Can we stick to God's plan? So, so I've got a bit of a demonstration here. And I don't know if you know that the Bible talks about God being the potter and we are the clay. That's it. So, so God's molding us all the time. He's changing. He's fashioning. He's, he's getting us to a place where he wants us to be. So with, with the clay we have today, okay, I'm sure at stages God would say, oh, I hope this is TNT. Never mind clay. <laughs> but but there's, there's something that, that happens in the desert. There's something that happens in the wilderness that maybe it feels uncomfortable God says, I'm going to use this. I'm not going to inflict it. I'm going to use this. I'm going to take what you have. I'm going to take your worst and make it your best. I'm going to take it. So the process can feel quite gnarly. When a, when a potter starts playing with the clay and he starts molding it, he has to get all the imperfections out of his clay. And he slowly starts shaping it. He, he takes the clay and he molds it to a place where he feels this vessel is now ready for the next stage. Yeah. Right. 
Maybe today you've got, you've got offenses. And he takes it out. He says, not good enough. I don't like those offenses. I feel that those offenses are going to ruin your future. Your promised land is not ready for your offenses. Your promised land is maybe ready for your, your heart to be changed. Maybe you've got hurt. You've grown up in a household where there's been sickness or there's been abuse or there's been something that's held you back. God says, in the process, I'm going to take it out. When the, when the potter takes his time to, to smooth out the, the bits, he's refining you. He doesn't want you to feel unloved. He wants you to feel the love story that he has for you. Amen. James, James um, 1, 2 to 4. It says, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For you, when your endurance is fully developed, you'll be perfect and complete, needing nothing. That's a love story. He wants you to move to a place where he can work with you. If you sit stagnant, if you sit in your setback, you're going to take a step back. You can sit in your setback, in your, in your setback. You can take a step back. And so far down the road, you're going to miss the point. But you know what's amazing? Is that when you take a step back in your setback, you take a step back in your setback, you turn around and God's right here. So you may have drifted, but that's only in your human capacity. God went from the cloud by day to the tent, the tabernacle. He says, okay, I'm taking this one step further. I'm going to now reside closer so that you guys can come and visit me in the tent. I can see that maybe there's a, a divide. I, I, I don't preempt too much what's happened there, but I just see that the tabernacle was a place where Moses was able to go in. You know what Moses didn't go in at first? He wasn't ready. Even Moses, who God was talking to daily, wasn't ready. But he did. He did eventually. He went and he spent time in the tabernacle. You know, the tabernacle today is the Holy Spirit. We don't have to worry about what happens in us to go and engage. Are we perfect? If you go through, if you go through the whole book of Leviticus, all that they talk about is how to behave, your behavioral structure. Jesus has done the work on the cross. The Holy Spirit is with us, right? That's so good. Amen. Point three, we need to move when God says we need to move. The band come up. We need to move when God says we need to move. There was, there was a, a time in my life where I... I really felt like I was living with mind fog. I think that's the best way to explain it. We, uh, I couldn't make sense of what's really happening around me. I was just survival mode. 
that, like I said, going to youth, going to home group, going to church, repeat. And over and over, clarity slowly came through. And even to today, I can feel there's sometimes Egypt inside of me, but it's okay. Because God's love story says, I want to bring my people out. I want to bring you out. Give me the chance. Trust me with the process. Don't judge the seed before it grows. Right. We look, we plant a seed, we look out, we're waiting for that seed to actually, where's the, where's the shoots or where's the vine or where's the fruit? Give it time. Guys, I, I don't know what um, you're going through, but I know you are going through something. I know it. Why? Because we are flesh. We are human. And God knew that. God knew that. He says, you are my people, that there are promises. I'm going to move you to a promise. God wants to reside in you. He wants to be part of your everyday life, regardless of what you're doing, regardless if you, you strike in the rock in anger. That's okay. You know, there's one thing that uh, I, um, I love. You know, I work with people who are qualified. I'm not qualified. I didn't finish school. But I know God helped me. You know what he did to Moses? He took Moses aside. He said to Moses, come let me show you something. This is my interpretation of what happened. He said to Moses, I want to show you something. What is that in your hand? That's a staff. He said, throw it down. And he threw it down. And you remember what happened? Turned to a snake. And he ran. Oh, come back, come back. Pick it up. So Moses picks it up. And he starts schooling Moses in the sense that, you know what? You've got power in your hand. I know you've killed someone. I know you're an angry person inside. But look what's in your hand. You've got the power. Regardless, no one's killed someone. I'm just telling you, I'm just, it's, like, it's probably the worst thing you can, hap- can happen. right? But, but it's, a, it's a place where you understand that God wants to school you, get you ready in the private, in your private time. And when, he, when Moses went to Pharaoh, he was prepared. He says, I know what my God does. The power in my hand. Maybe in your hands today, in your, in your thought patterns, you have a, a staff. Is it, is it ideas that shouldn't be in your head? Are there dreams Whatever it may be, if it's good or bad, there's something in your hand. Throw it down and leave it. Or throw it down and let God work the power inside of it. Because if you don't throw it down, if there's no movement, nothing's going to happen. He wants you to do something different. And I know we are all human. We miss a point. But God loves you. He sent his son Jesus. I'm going to die for you. I want to make it yours. If you have, if you have a, a, a need or a, a, a part of you that just wants to start again and um, get 40 years behind you right straight away, or 40 days in the wilderness with Jesus, 40 years, 40 days, what's your choice? Come to Jesus. He's got it. He's got the short route. Don't walk around the mountain. Maybe we can just pray. Lift, close our eyes, and, and, and if, if you have any, anything that's just, you realize, this is my Egypt. Take it, Lord. 
take my worst and make it my best. I don't understand. I don't know what. Can we just close our eyes and just praise and thank Him for the process? Thank Him that there's something new in 2021. Thank Him that I know that I've messed up. But it's but, but your glory is upon me. The, the anointing is upon me for this moment. If you read Isaiah 61, it was told to me just now. It's this amazing scripture. Go for it. Go home and meditate on something. Father, Lord, let's pray for these people, Lord. I pray for the hearts that are seeking a change, that are realizing the dark corners of their heart that needs to have light in it. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father, that you are doing a work, that you are changing, and that we trust you with the process. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, guys. Come on, everybody. Can we thank Peter? What a great message this morning. So good. So good. Well done. Well done. Can I invite you to close your eyes and just bow your heads right now? We never, we never want to finish a service without giving people an opportunity to, to say yes to Jesus because, because Jesus is, is what he did for us on this cross in Calvary. It was like he paid a debt and a price for us that, that we couldn't pay. And, and this morning, maybe you're, maybe you're here and, and this morning and, and you might say, Daryl, I've, I've done so much stuff that how can God even love me or even notice me? I want you to know this morning that that God, because he loved you so much, he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to take your sin and my sin, the stuff, like, like a debt that we couldn't pay. He took it upon himself and he, and he went to a cross. He, he was crucified, he died on a cross, but he rose again victorious over, over your debt and my debt that we may live life free. We may know freedom from our past and hope for our future healing for today and, and this morning this morning all, all I'm going to do is I'm going to pray a real simple prayer and, and, and if that's you this morning if you want to say yes to Jesus you want to say Daryl count me in on this prayer all I want you to do is, is just pray just silently in your heart after me just repeat this pray dear God today I choose to give my life to you I believe that you died on a cross for me you paid my debt that I may live free. So Jesus, today, I accept you as my Lord and Saviour. I surrender my will to your love. So make me brand new. Wash me clean today. In Jesus' name, amen. And just while you've got your eyes still closed and heads bowed, if you prayed that prayer and really meant it in your heart, we're not going to embarrass you or anything, but but I, I do want you to do something for me. Just like a son, I prayed that prayer. This is the greatest decision you've ever made. And, and just while everyone still has their eyes closed, all I'm going to ask you to do is I'm going to count to three. And on three, all I, get, all I want you to do is lift your hand up. That's me, Daryl. Put your hand down again. It's like a faith statement. Said, I stepped over a line today. I said yes to Jesus today. So, so on the count of three, you lift your hand. One, two, three. Lift your hand right now. See that hand. See that hand. See that hand down the back. See that hand on the side. See that hand over the side, at the front. Hallelujah.
hallelujah, greatest decision you've ever made. Father, we praise you today for changed hearts and changed lives. Father, I pray right now, Lord, for a significant move in people's hearts today, I pray. Uh, Lord Jesus, as they choose to follow you, Lord, I thank you that you will be close, Lord God. You will be with them. Lord, that their future has changed in this very second, in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, everybody. Can we give a big round of applause? All those hands that went up today. So good. Great decision. What a great way to start this year. If you said yes to Jesus right now, in a few moments our service is going to close and and Jared is there with a blue t-shirt on. He's got a Bible for you and an information pack for you. If if you said yes to Jesus, grab one of those and and we'd love it if you you could fill out a Connect card for us there so we can record your visit but also get some support and help you in this journey. Uh, That is so, so good. Hey, well, everybody, in a few moments we're going to sing and then I'm going to pray a prayer of blessing. But a couple of things I want to let you know about before we go today. The first thing is, is that next Sunday is 10 o'clock again. Uh, we have one more Sunday of one service and then the week after that, the 17th, we'll be back to our two services. So you get another hour sleep in next week, everybody. But uh, if you remember that, that would be so, so good. And the second thing is this, is, is a growth track is going to be starting in February. We would love you to sign up for that and be a part of that. We run that during our second service. So so if you've got children, you can uh, come to the maybe the first service and your children can be in the programs. You can have a whole hour to yourselves in the cafe uh, as we do growth track together. We'd love you to, to be able to be a part of that as well. Uh, well, everyone, as we, as we just prepare